Hello and welcome to The The Heart Heart of Healing Show. Show. I'm your host, Natasha Slayton. And I'm your co-host, Sophie Starr. Join us each week as we explore the magic of alternative healing modalities, what they are, how they work, and the parts that have helped us. We'll be interviewing world-renowned healers and experts within different fields. All the while sharing personal stories of pain and perseverance. So tune in to tap into your true potential and learn with us as we dive into a world of possibilities. Have some laughs. And some cries. And ultimately, get to the heart of healing. Hello. On today's episode, we have an extraordinary healer with us today, spiritual healer, hypnotherapist, and so much more. Her name is Alta. It is my pleasure to introduce you to everyone. How are you? Oh, I'm doing so well. Thank you, ladies, (laughs) for having me. I'm so excited to be here today and to just, you know, share some space and, you know, just really honor, honor what you're doing here as well as like you know, enlightening, enlightening your viewers. And thank you so much for coming yeah, on. I'm super yes. stoked because I've actually been listening to your podcast for the past week Have and like you? geeking out on it. And just being in your energetic space is such mm. a privilege. It's so calming. And I can feel the love radiating off, radiating off of you just from listening to your voice. And I remember when I first met you was at um, an event thrown by a mutual friend of ours. Mm. And um, you were actually attending with a close friend of mine, Bryn, dancer, fellow dancer, Absolutely friend of mine. Love her. And um, we were sitting in a circle and I just remember people were sharing and you and I didn't really know each other, but you put your hand on the small of my back and it was in that exact moment, like the exact feeling of love and support that I needed and I just remember like almost collapsing in on myself and just starting to cry not even realizing that I needed that love and support and you provided it without even knowing me and just instinctively following your intuition and I just thought that was so beautiful wow wow Wow. and I right then and there I was like I love this woman (laughs) and for our viewers um, or for our audience I actually have not personally had the privilege of working with you one-on-one. However, I know um, a few of my friends that have worked with you Mm. and through them, I see the power and depth of your work because I've watched their lives transform in such incredible ways and the beautiful women that they've always been, but the beautiful women they've become through working together with you has just been so extraordinary to watch. So that's another reason why I'm really excited to have you on today. Natasha, that was amazing. Thank you. Wow. What, what an energetic exchange. What a beautiful infusion of love. And just like, that's, that's an honor. I received that so deeply. You know, I think, I think one of the most, the most powerful gifts is, is to be able to honor somebody else and to see them, you know, inherently. I think that's one of the, one of the things that I've really, throughout the like 14 years of being a hypnotherapist, I've realized on a deep, unconscious level you know every single one of us want to be seen Mm. we want to be heard 
We want to be understood. And I think that it's those little moments of exchange that sometimes we don't even recognize where a simple eye pattern, um, a moment of breath, um, you know, having that gentle touch could infuse so much more of what someone else may be really calling forth in that moment that we don't even realize. And so <laughs> thank you so much for just being and, you know, and in that, like I... I'm so surprised <laughs> and happy, you know, I'm, I'm so crying. <laughs> just Aww. listening to you speak. It's just thank you. Uh, I know. <sighs> you know, it's it's funny, like when I when I draw a lot of women into into like my practice and into my work, I tend to find that it's more of an unconscious calling that they're moving through spiritual awakening journeys. Mm -hmm. And it <laughs> seems almost cyclical. Every single client that I've ever really worked with, you know, especially in the last five, six years of really moving into the space of helping awaken the divinity and awaken, you know, that feminine goddess energy in women that I find this, the, the common tears to be just this deep soulful release. Mm. And so, wow. Wow. It's, it's so moving. It, it never gets old ever. Oh, that's beautiful. Especially after, like you just said, more than 14 years of working that you're still able to receive all of these moments of like you touching someone else's life in such a deep, deep way that you're still having this reaction, this visceral reaction later on after the fact, just recalling that memory. Um, that's beautiful. And I'm so thrilled to talk with you because I think like myself, there might be a lot of our viewers who have never experienced hypnotherapy or really many alternative forms of healing absolutely, and can be maybe a little bit scared, but curious where they're kind of like peeking from around the corner. Like <laughs> this is interesting, but it may be scary. And so I'm curious to your thoughts on, you know, what you would have to say about your healing modalities and hypnotherapy for someone who's maybe a little cautious or maybe thinks of hypnotherapy in terms of like, you know, what you see on TV at a magic show or, mm -hmm. you know, but like the, the, therapeutic side. Right, right. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear like also a bit about what you do specifically in your work. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I think that, you know, what's interesting, what, what I've learned in the space of communication and explaining what I do is sometimes I think we have communication backwards mm -hmm. where we go into a room and we ask someone, what do you do versus like getting to know the actual why of what you do something. And when we communicate in a backwards fashion, we don't really allow people to understand the truth of like what is really being excavated out of what initiated the journey. And mm. so I think that, you know, just as, as I were to ask you, like why <laughs> you went into psychology or why you decided to be a creator in music and talent and your podcast and dancing, we would arrive at a whole different conversation that if I just ask you what you do. Such a beautiful perspective Absolutely. and a way better conversation. Oh, I'm so much more interested in that conversation. Yeah. 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 You wow. Know, so if we, you know, I think about it kind of like the darts, right? When we're looking at, you know, when we're throwing the darts, if we get to the center first, we then allow people to, to really create a bonding force 
because our belief systems can then match and or synchronize. And so if I tell you why I do something, then you can then see and find a level of resonance within you to see if that matches somewhere in the spectrum of your life, because then now you realize then, okay, how I may approach something, then finally we can talk about what happened to you or what is then there that actually happens throughout the practice and so you know wow. when i when i think about when i think about people in general you know it's almost like the names become the name of who they are and or what they do becomes a superficiality mm-hmm, until we know the why because that tells you so much more about a human being and their actual spirit yeah and then you don't feel like there's a performative element to when you're just saying, so what do you do? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I hate that question, I, honestly. Every time someone asks panic. me, I'm like, uh, lots of things. And something that I've noticed since we've been doing this these last few weeks, and I didn't realize it until you were just talking, but that's a question I get a lot back home. You know, what do you do? That's just kind of I think to break the ice, but no one has asked me that since being here. And I'm so happy because (laughs) I feel like then I'm just able to, I don't have Mm. to give you my resume. I don't have to convince you of why I deserve to take up space in whatever Mm. experience that we're in. Like, I hope we didn't make you feel like that, but being like, can you tell no, us? No, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not, you know, and I think, I think that, you know, I love that you've touched on that right now because it's like the, I think that that's one of the, one of the main reasons, you know, one of the subdivisions of what I love, why I love what I do, because in that, in just your beingness, how you just found that state of relaxation to just be, to know that your worthiness and your self-worth comes from an inherent place that you don't have to do and or say and or accommodate your, your authenticity to mold itself to the environment around you, mm-hmm. then I think that that retains a level of, of truth and that truth to self is the orientation of what people really want to know right absolutely you know what i mean yeah and so when i think about when i think about the process of a lot of the work that i do it really is about stripping back the layers stripping back the traumas stripping back the anxiety stripping back a lot of the veil of what we keep from hindering what we keep in hindrance from our most authentic truth, which aligns to purpose, which aligns to love the highest vibrational field, which then correlates back to like that inner dialogue. And Mm so, you know, with hypnotherapy, that alternative method and modality of healing really begs to ask a completely different question as to why and deciphering meaning. And so I help a lot of people discover the suggestions that have been taken on throughout the course of their life through the words that they have you know taken in that are impactful from others from themselves the linguistic pattern and really you know looking at not only the etymology of the words but really looking at the origination of the circumstance in which those happenings and the emotional responses that may have happened throughout the course of their entire lives, the microcosms that have led to the macro level of where they may have disassociated themselves from love 
And so peeling all of that back goes back to the inherent place where then it bridges the source of, of spirit, right? Because if we can get and arrive back to that knowingness, then we now can find our ultimate truth and our intuition and our, and our, our higher power, not outside of ourselves, but being that within ourselves. Absolutely. And that's what we like strive to talk about so much on the show with the title being the heart of healing show, because it's like, no matter what the modality, that yeah. is the ultimate goal. Everything that you just said. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think so many of us that are on a healing recovery rediscovery journey, whatever language we want to use, have had that moment where maybe before it started, I know I did, I'll speak for myself of like, what happened? Mm. And it pinged something in me when you talked about the dissociation, because I think that's what happens. And maybe it's something because we're, when we're children, it could be something so seemingly insignificant that I'm starting to understand as you're talking, oh, wait a minute, maybe that would exist on a subconscious level. Absolutely. Maybe that's where a modality like hypnotherapy comes in because I'm not even aware of the point of break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that that template, that program that we're operating on, that underlying conveyor belt that when we we are just moving through life and thinking the the thoughts we think, the choices we make, the people we interact with, the circumstances mm-hmm. are really holographic as to our unconscious, our unconscious program that absolutely are leading and interrelating to everything, everything and anything. I fully believe in a holistic, in a holistic practice because in a in a spectrum of wholeness, everything has everything to do with everything. Yeah. Um amen. Wow. <laughs> amen. Wow. So in your practice, you know, let's take someone like me, like I'm coming to you and I'm looking for, maybe I don't even know what I'm looking for, but I'm looking for something and <laughs> I find myself at your doorstep. Mm-hmm. Where where do you begin? Well, what I've created is a life harmony wheel. And so because I do believe in a holistic practice and peeling back the layers, oftentimes most people, they, they come at, at a state of... They know they've already started doing most often I attract women that are already on the journey. They're very much so, you know, reading the books or listening to the podcast. They've already embarked on a state of journey. They they can feel that they're called for something more. Mm-hmm. They don't know what that something more is. And or they're living out a life program in their in their day to day that maybe is now they're feeling insufficient and unfulfilled. And so when I start to really dig a little bit deeper and I start to, you know, ask the prompting questions, I can distinguish a gap. And usually that gap becomes the state of internal suffering, the gap of where they currently are to that of where they aspire and are wish to be. And so when we start to bridge that gap in between the gap of what they aspire to be and are wish to be, we can usually feel into a whole spectrum of belief systems that are deeply rooted within that may or may not be preventing them from actually taking the right action towards what it is that they desire. Or maybe they're living out a script. I work a lot with women in these last five years with women 
in the love spectrum a lot mm. and relationships and recurring patterns in relationships okay. and how that then, you know, how that then comes up. We can trail that back to the origination of their parents. Um, you know, we look at the the ways that they were shown love and or lack thereof shown love. Mm. We look at how they were communicated to. And so when we start looking at the surface of what is seemingly wrong in our life, you know, that it's like wrong where we think that we aren't where we are supposed to be. I tend to find, you know, those lower vibration emotions and emotion, you know, I tend to find has a narrative mm -hmm. and a trauma, something that has an emotional shock that has really, that has really impacted them in some which way. And sometimes it's so micro it like the microscope of of how small these occurrences are throughout the compound period of our life we can't really even distinguish them until we start looking deeper which is why i create a harmony wheel to look at the sectors and just like the pie of our life to look at our childhood upbringing the archetypes of like you know what what we're experiencing and i look at how they interrelate with themselves it's you know i loved when you when you send me an email in respects to self-love you were talking about how how deep that is for you and how important it is but i find that self-love is a very elusive thing mm -hmm. if you haven't yet excavated everything else that prevents you from love and looking at that and so really to arrive at the love yourself madly journey i find that it's kind of like a threefold process where we look at your relationships we look at your inner dialogue your career we look at how you interrelate and the intention going back to the why the intention of why the origination of it began where you currently are in the spectrum of it and looking at all the happenings through that as to as to where higher self right yeah. tuning into that that highest version of self that is that is if if even you're attuned to higher mm -hmm. self and so peeling all of that back to then move through every sector finances because how we do everything is how we do anything oh that's know? one of my favorite quotes ever absolutely yeah absolutely and so, so true you know within that i i start asking like a little a glaze I start asking like glazed questions, um, you know, and how, how do you feel? Where are you at currently in your life? Where did you think you would have been by now? The should have list, right? This isn't generally when we start looking at a person's linguistics and we start looking at where they currently create that shame and or the heaviness in their life. It's the should have list. Oh, I should oh. have. And then the list is like literally a red carpet rolls <laughs> out. And like, like, can you see behind my eyes? I know. I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So then Ooh. we look at the should have list and there's that expectation cycle, you know, and so we start looking at how the external world is relating to the internal world and what kind of relationship and what kind of pursuits have you been on throughout the course of your life to bridge the spirituality, to bridge, you know, the the cognitive behavioral therapy, to bridge the the aspects of, you know, I do I do so much integrative work. I I love astrology. I pull your birth chart, I pull oh. your human oh. design chart, you know, I can read into um I can read into like the oracles, you know, I can 
can read into, um, as well as your breath patterns, your behavior, you know, like your eye movements. I can read into your, I mean, it, it's so deep. The physiology says a lot about where we are in our current day to day and our, where our trauma is stuck and mm -hmm. where we have deep rooted belief systems. And so it's really an excavation process. And I meet people where they are because, I mean, you don't, you don't tell them all that right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're like, oh my gosh, she can see us. I know, I'm oh, like, like, she can really <laughs> No, which is, a, great which is thing. a scary thing, yeah. right? Because inherently you think about how many people grow up throughout the course of their life not being heard, people's you know thoughts being repressed, their emotions being internalized, which then is the onset of stress and anxiety on a day-to-day. -day. I would say most, most people that I speak to on some level experience anxiety and or stress and are just managing it throughout their day in oh. some which level. And so many, like you're talking about, I mean, with so many children, they might have the guidance at school or in the external world, but it's an internal wasteland, like a free for all Lord of the flies, like just figuring <laughs> out like, like feral, you know what that. I mean? And I, I love that you kept using the term excavation because as you were talking, I'm like, it seems like you're really an explorer and like you embark on this journey with whoever you're working with to go one step deeper to kind of bridge that cognitive dissonance that you're describing. Absolutely. That's, you know, we learned that psychology 101 in school, the gap between where you are and where you would like to be or feel you should be. Absolutely. And that is the root of so much suffering. Mm. and. I just love that you immediately went there and touched on that. Yeah. Well, you know, and in a hypnotic state, hypnosis is almost identical to anxiety. Really? In the space where the psyche, the subconscious mind goes through fight flight mechanisms. And so oh. in modern day, right, oh. we are in our beta waking state where we are, uh, we are receptive, you know, our brain waves operate like frequency. <laughs> and so when we are in our waking state, you know, the serotonin hits, we're awake, we start to take in our peripheral of everything that's our external world, which then guides 80% of our our, our, you know, the way that we synthesize information comes from our vision. And so when we are in a sleep state, which hypnosis, you know, derived in Greek terminology means sleep, but really it's actually being able to rest the body in a sleep state with a waking mind. Mm. And so you are actually awake and able to now go into a shift where we move from beta waking state to then alpha. You mentioned school, that you're in school. Mm -hmm. When we go into class, when we become receptive to learning, we shift from beta to alpha, which then our brain actually is now able to integrate the learning, is oh. able to create that, that process within where we can arrive at a calm state, where we could then, we even notice in our breathing pattern, if you take a deep breath, you then start shifting the frequency within your entire physiological state. So when we're in a state of hypnosis, we're shifting the frequency of the brain waves in your mind so that you can actually arrive to a receptivity and in theta when we go right before our delta like deep sleep where deep sleep is restorative 
right? Where we go into healing, going back to holistic, your body is so, so attuned to being able to heal on a deep level. And with hypnosis, this becomes a mimicking pattern of anxiety. The only difference being that in the hypnotic state, you're actually in a more induced, relaxed pattern where you, um, where you have someone like the hypnotherapist that's guiding you into into an altered thinking pattern that is much more supportive versus versus the the auto suggestion that you may be giving yourself mm -hmm. that is amplifying an anxiety state so the outcome is a completely different outcome where your body may be relaxed but when you're in in a fight flight mechanism you'll notice that sometimes this is where depression you feel extremely tired or maybe you're you have a lot of expectations or responsibilities on you and someone's talking and you're like where what did they just say i just checked out yeah and zoned out and so hypnosis is something that we actually go through every day all day in and out in and out in and out in and out and so you're driving, you're reading a book, you get down to the bottom of the page, that state of overwhelm comes in through our sensory, through our sensory responses and how we, how we aggregate information. Wow. Oh, I'm a geek for this stuff. Me too. <laughs> and I love how you're describing these little micro states of hypnosis throughout the day, because I always thought that, um, someone told me I was unhypnotizable mm. um and so i just kind of thought well that's not for me who told you that though well we had to do for something that i was in the past we had to like have a test to see if we were suggestible or unsuggestible and i was not in so, school yeah well you think about suggestibility i mean you live you live in a hyper suggestible state mm -hmm. all day but who are you most suggestible to right yeah. You have 60,000 thoughts throughout that spectrum of your day and you are the con you are you're conducing that dialogue. Yeah. So suggestibility, you're actually highly suggestible. <laughs> right. Overly suggestible. Sounds like it. Cuz I'm I'm like in terms of that, I zone out a million times a day. So Yeah. And we're constantly like telling ourselves, replaying the beliefs we have over and over in our minds and then that becomes our reality. So you're so right like and you, you know, and you know how you're suggestible. You can tell a really, really easy way to tell if you're suggestible. If you can recall three to five times where someone has said something that has impacted you or maybe hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're able to even think of something, maybe your mom said, your dad said, brother, sister, a friend, a teacher, something that impacted you and you had an emotional response to that that's stored within your mind that memory pattern there says that you were hyper suggestible to that in that moment and you kept it and retained it so much so that the suggestibility how many things have you forgotten in your life so many yeah. right right and so so in those moments your hyper suggestibility your suggestible state is at a heightened state mm -hmm. so i actually help people wake up out of their own hypnosis so oh that my. they can arrive at a place where you can now listen to, you can listen to the dialogue that is of your higher consciousness. Instead of that of your ego. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. 
because the ego likes to edge out the inner world. The ego likes to edge out your your highest truth. The ego likes to feed you all of all of the things that you are not. You know, and that's really like the left side of the hemisphere of the brain, right? Is it's beautiful in a space because in a in a dimension because the left side of the hemisphere of the brain subconsciously is meant to seek out all of the problems, the challenges, the obstacles, hyper um, analytical process where it's problem solving. And so naturally, when you think of challenges, that's the left side of the hemisphere, you know, cynical, cynical mm. nature, like the cynic within is also has the intention within to protect you because within that protective mechanism to find everything that's wrong, you know, and in hypnosis, obviously people are scared. A, a common one is like, are you going to be able to control my mind? Right. <laughs> right. You know, and, uh, and so it's like that control, which is interesting. The left side of the hemisphere of the brain loves control, mm -hmm. loves, I think the number one fear on the, on the unconscious process there is a loss of control. And so when we look at the right side of the brain, you know, subconsciously, that's where the imagination, the emotion, the flow, the creativity happens and where best case scenario thinking mm -hmm. opportunist comes in. And, you know, if we're looking at fear cycles, the right side of the hemisphere of the brain has much more of a fear of rejection because it's, mm -hmm. it's led through emotion. So going back to what you were saying earlier about just like that question, like, what do you do? And you all of a sudden having to feel like you, you have to prove yourself. There's that, like the hemisphere of like, you know, the right side of the brain as to like where you may or may not be accepted. Mm -hmm. And then that emotional, the emotional constriction happens, which then affects your physiology, which then creates like the left side of the brain to now create patterns of like tiny social anxiety. And I mean, it's, it's so onset, everything is related to everything. Oh, I feel like you're describing a moment in my life. I mean, the, like you said, first, it's the I'm the spotlight's on. I can feel it tighten, mm -hmm. and you even gesture to your stomach, and that's where I feel it. Like, mm, oh no, scrolling through what's going to sound acceptable. <laughs> then let me just avoid these interactions and yeah. isolate. Normally fight I'm flight. Like, I'm a singer. Fight flight. Mm -hmm. The avoidance, yeah. right? And so it's like when I love, like you know, I think about why I went on this whole journey as well myself. You know, I've been on a spiritual awakening journey. I think since. I was a little kid. I remember being in like first grade and having my appendix removed. Mm. And that was when the first time I had an out-of-body experience wow. where I remember my heart stopping twice throughout the surgery and literally becoming an ethereal existence of just an energy, but also having consciousness within seeing my body down below, but knowing I was no longer form. Mm. And so in the formless, remembering that I I, I, I remember actually clearly making a conscious decision to inhabit my body again. And I've had so many of those throughout the course of my life. But, you know, I think that growing up, I, I had the, the archetype of the wounded healer. Mm. And so when I looked at all of like my occurrences throughout the dysfunction of family and relationships with women and, you know, mainly primary mother figure at the time, like I went into this field on a very, on a very, on a very self-healing journey because wow. I knew that I needed the help. And in the spectrum of being able to do that, just taking thousands of women along the journey with me. But I'd say the first 
seven years of my practice, I hadn't met myself there either. I only had male clients because yeah. I hadn't chills, yet body. hadn't yet arrived there with women. And throughout the years of being able to do the inner work and, you know, noticing, right, the universe works in holograms and that holographic experience that we're really all in oneness, mm -hmm. that everything that I'm speaking on, that everything that you are, that we really are here as a form of a mirror. And so if we're willing to awaken to what that mirror is actually instructing and teaching us and what is it saying either about, you know, it's like, I think about it like a triangle, like our past instructing us there and or our present and or instructing us as a point of possibility or point of prevention for our future, then it's completely, it, it's, it helps you go through the insidious journey. Mm. Insidious is the perfect word for it. Just creeps in. So going back to why, you know, I, I've been recognizing that, you know, as the wounded healer archetype throughout my life that so many, I can clearly remember just having so many moments throughout my life where I would be sitting in tears, had a disassociation with my body, couldn't, couldn't relate to a lot of the people around me, mm -hmm. um, found myself in the why me, why me, why me? And oh my gosh, that dark, like cloud was constantly persisting. And I remember, I think I was like maybe nine or 11 years old going into the self-help aisle at a book. And I started, that was, I spent like 10 years reading books on happiness because it felt so inauthentic looking at people that had a genuine auric joy that genuinely exuded this. I thought they were faking it. Yeah. What? You're faking it. And so oh. I took a long pursuit. And when I look back now, I can see, you know, I've I've had that spiritual calling. I've like been attracted to shamans since I was like six years old and collecting all the amethysts and the feathers and, you know, and by like the time I was like 11, had like over 50 African heads collections in my home. And so Whoa. there was like multidimensional like parallel universes that were actually flowing through. And so, you know, going through all of the why me years, realizing that things were then according to why me, why is it happening to me? You know, the ascension process guided me to then learn that this was at one point a shifted to, oh, this is this is happening for me. Yeah. This was my gift. And, you know, in that wounded healer, I was able to transmute and create alchemy through all of the aspects of my own life and dysfunctions in my own life with relationships, with my own inner dialogue, with how I um, avoided, you know, those fight flight mechanisms to really look at my own sabotage cycles and to shine that light so deep within that the introspection becomes a day-to-day -day arrival every day that it becomes a bridge to what we then start to know as self-acquaintance mm. to then a self-trust that you're going to keep showing up to then like, hmm, I'll believe that you can be my friend and arrive there. Not always compassionate, mm -hmm. yet though throughout the years, the evolution of just continuing to meet yourself then births love. It's such a process. And that's something that, I mean, I'm still for sure learning, but 
something that helped me with the inner dialogue, like affirmations. I got stuck because I was in self-loathing looking in my mirror. I love myself. Mm. I didn't believe myself. That was too far of a gap. Yeah. I had to start. Maybe I don't hate myself, you know, and kind of work my way. And it's like what you're talking about, those baby steps to become acquainted with me. And I'm wondering with your, with the people that you work with as well, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, but there are times throughout the healing journey where it's like you're going inward and that you get to a block and it's almost like terror. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me run back the other way. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you facilitate moving the people that you work with through those blocks? Do you kind of back off at that moment and let them, you know, do their thing? Do you have different tools and modalities that you use to move through that block? Because it seems so insurmountable sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I study graphology a lot as well. So graphology is the study of your handwriting cycles. And so when I, you know, I take on clients for a year. And so I have a process of, I see them in the beginning for every, we do really deep dives and then I space it out into like another two weeks. Every night though, they're working with hypnosis, you know, in their, in their subconscious mind and listening to, we do dream venting. And so in their sleep state, you know, we curate based on their on their languaging patterns the happenings in their life everything that's that's currently preventing them to start to vent out a lot of those emotional blocks you're talking about so that they're doing a large portion of the work while they're resting at sleep. And so in their day, we have like what we call the law of delayed reaction. So we start placing, you know, tiny seeds of new schools of thought in their mind, alternative ways of being that then starts bridging in their waking state um, a new a new way of approaching life and their sub you know their their new suggestion cycle starts to take fold and the more that they do these things the more that it integrates with their psyche and so I help them that's why I love the tool of hypnosis to be able to implement and to really accelerate the healing process to really create breakthrough patterns where we may just in our conscious dialogue and or journaling it out you know May not be able to arrive there because I think you touched on something huge, which is why a lot of people sometimes don't even believe that affirmations fully work. Because if you think about the ratio of the amount of times you're at the mirror telling yourself, I love myself, I'm so amazing, you're so beautiful, you're so intelligent, and then okay, that was good. And five minutes later, you're back to like your automatic programming that the entire consistent dialogue that you have within your day really doesn't have any substantial, substantial lasting effect compared to the amount that you're going, going through there. So I really teach my clients to go through, we, I give them journal prompts and look at their handwriting cycles. I could see a lot, um, through how they write versus what they write. We do a lot of like, you know, dialogue as to what and their awakenings and giving them personal development. But you you start to even notice different patterns in your writing based on how you feel about specific events. Really? It makes so much sense because it's an extension of you. So of course it's gonna reflect your inner world, just like the state of your house or the state of your car or how what you wear. But I love that you brought that up because I feel like affirmations can feel they, they obviously work sometimes and depends on the situation and the person, but like they can feel very 
much like a toxic positivity mm, instead yeah. of actually you know getting to the roots of problems and like moving out any resistance you might have mm-hmm. and actually then implementing into your Absolutely. subconscious the true positive feelings and and doing the baby steps that are needed to make that permanent change mm-hmm. deeply yeah. deeply i was talking about that with one of my clients yesterday mm-hmm. and she was telling me that she had flipped open to one of her to her journal and she was just like she had flipped open to a page where you know she had gone on a negative rampage with herself mm-hmm. and you know and in that moment she was feeling she was feeling similar feelings and she looked up at the date and she was like i'm looping like this is literally on a loop you know wow. and what was interesting about it and I love that you bring that up is because I fully believe that it's it's almost like how are you going to negate that the night exists and you know that light is you know the sun and so how, how can you operate with having that state of avoidance so I love having a shadow work journal and um you know and the light journal where you go on rampages reformulating those beliefs mm-hmm. not pretending that they don't exist because that's often the the way that we got to the arrival of where we are pretending that it doesn't exist that didn't really bother me mm-hmm. and not looking at it with like a microscope and you know excavating those those happenings in our life and to actually Actually, to actually see, well, what what do I believe about myself there? And then to even take one belief and to rewrite that in a million different ways so that you don't desensitize that affirmation. Absolutely. Desensitization feels like the perfect word. And I it's I feel like regardless of what the individual issue is, like in my own journey, I thinking I'm thinking as you're talking specifically of eating disorder recovery. Mm. And I ran up against so much resistance trying to love my body. And I didn't realize that I first had to come to body neutrality Mm. where I don't need to love or hate. My body is just my vehicle and it just is what it is. And I feel like then once those voices are quiet, then I can fill it with other messages like you're saying reformulating but you have to get it out first yes absolutely yeah absolutely it's and and in meditation you know when you're when you're in that state of meditation which hypnosis feels very similar to meditation the only difference it's it's a guided state towards the root of a lot of what you're experiencing and sometimes very symptomatic where the root isn't necessary your subconscious mind will vent out root patterns mm based on suggestion cycles that kind of touch on certain like emotions that have been that have been congested. And okay. so with the meditation state and when we're our brain waves go into that alpha and theta state, we now become receptive to an auto suggestion, which is so, you know, I love self-hypnosis too. I think everyone can engage in it as well when you're able to arrive at that calm, hyper, hyper intuitive state, then now you go back to what you just said. My body is a vessel. I am not my body. Mm-hmm. I am the observer, the gentle observer of these thoughts, of these beliefs. That's interesting. Mm, that's interesting. I love like the the concept of like just being, I, I got that from Gabby Bernstein. You oh, know, I love her. Name. She is amazing. Yeah. You know, she's she has like spirit junkie and she has um, the judgment detox, these amazing books that, um, you know, and she she comes from a background of addiction. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, a very huge thought leader in the wellness as well as like the spiritual, spiritual integration. And um, when uh, she loves Kundalini, I know you mentioned <laughs> Kajord and he did his Kundalini podcast here. And so, you know, I like, it, it's really so, so important because then it's like not negating, but yet accepting and recognizing and the acceptance of all parts of self and stages of self which that really gives us the ability to now no longer have to have to disengage from who we once upon a time perceived ourselves to be but yet who we get to now now we get to be a channel we get to we get to like you know arrive at like okay this is this is a vessel yeah and it's happening through me to then arrive to the awakened state of like okay what am i meant to radiate out what am I meant to contribute out? And it's that transmutation. So, you know, with with the work I do, it's it's such a beautiful evolution that it's also gone through in the last years because I had to meet myself. And I feel like through every single session, I I can see a dimension of growth in in myself as well as them. And it's it's a really it's a co-creation. Mm -hmm. It's a co-creation. You never know where it will arrive because it's like you pull a little thread of the sweater and it starts just like unraveling and unraveling. And when you really unravel everything that no longer is and all the ways that you've put up the blocks against love, you now get to arrive to be love, which makes you now no longer separate from love. Hence, love in relationships. This is where now you become the mate to your own soul and you attract. You attract that. True. The soul mates because you are the mate to your soul. This is so <laughs> not what I learned <laughs> And oh my goodness, so backwards. And it's like sitting here with you. I don't know if you feel it too, but sitting here in the room with you, it's like, I kind of was going through my day thinking I'm all right <laughs> and I am all right. But it, when you meet someone who, to use your language, is acquainted with themselves and is aware of what they're radiating, you're really confronted. It's, it's without you saying a word. It can, I feel confronted with my lack of acquaintance with myself mm. and I'm interested in that. And so I think that points to the, Oh my gosh, I just feel like, <clears throat> excuse me. And I think. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. No, I just, you can I, laugh. Oh no, it just makes I, I love you. Yeah. Um, you are seen, goddess. I think this it's perfectly beautiful. You know, tears are just such a beautiful expression of a healing. You know, we're no longer internalizing the things that are preventing. And, you know, it's that 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 acute response within that shows you are awake. You are like aware and you are living and you are beckoning within. Your soul is guiding you to like, be more, love more, live more, feel more. Such a good feeling. Which is a scary part because it's, excuse my language, mom, if you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. Like, I was looking in your eyes and just felt my back, like Natasha's touching me. Like, I'm like, my back's been tense all 
day. Mm. And I didn't even know until you get the relief. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. That's such a big thing to point out because I think a lot of us carry around so much tension in so many ways, body, mind, and spirit, and like don't even realize until you are able or you are given permission to just take that breath or sit in that moment of solitude or feel that sun shining on your skin. And a lot of times, unless we take a moment for ourselves to give back to ourselves and really allow us to engage in some TLC and oftentimes Mm. takes an expert or a guided healer to give us that permission, Mm. then we just sit in that tension and like literally don't even realize. Absolutely. No. And it's just been, by the time people are listening to this, they've probably seen some of the other episodes and it's like literally just by your presence that, and and it goes back to the original point. It's like, Mm. I find that I really don't care about your title or Mm. I mean it's irrelevant once your like your being is enough to like shift a room and immediately you know I feel like the pleasantries are just irrelevant and so stupid and why waste time when you can just be real and I don't know why for some of us it's so hard right Right. And you're saying what you said, like that all these feelings are coming over on you. And I'm sitting here being like, I don't even need to ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we even? I'm just like in a daze. Like, I'm good. Oh, I just I will soak you. up and be here. You know, uh, <laughs> I love what you said, Natasha, about like our body and like where we store attention to because subconsciously, you know, we have body syndromes and our body is very revealing as to where we also have a lot of our stored um our stored trauma Mm -hmm. and you know our neck is representative of choices and indecisions and so you imagine when our throat chakra you know comes up and you were you started coughing (laughs) "Uh (laughs) yeah it literally like you know it it comes up and sometimes this is where it's like okay where maybe we haven't you know allowed ourselves to say and or speak up in certain ways and or speak to the truth of our our truth right and taking that deep ownership but you know going back to like you mentioned your back and you think about your heart and how that infuses all the way to your back and you know um we have a very we have a very in common kundalini teacher and i love kundalini because it eradicates like all of your pain and trauma (laughs) and like and um i was doing kundalini with a friend like a couple days ago and you know we were like in the ego eradicator for like five minutes straight and you're like trembling and you're like ah you she, feel the whole thing she still hasn't tried it because like cord came on and so she's gonna try some stuff and like oh, document it, it. i'm the experiment i love that <laughs> she's the resident experiment she's like ready to dive in i didn't i didn't know what i got myself into <laughs> all these emotions i mean another healer had me in tears in two seconds i'm like what did i sign up for right <laughs> this right. new world that like you're asleep to even if you've done so much of your own work, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. It's almost like if you've seen Stranger Things, the upside down, like the place, <laughs> it's like the inverted reality Absolutely. where you're just like, I didn't even see this before, but it's kind of scary, but like exciting, but scary. Yeah. 
it's like I am the one, but I am also the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Which is liberating. It's actually, yeah. I, it yes, can be scary, but when you realize it's empowering, cause you're like, oh, great. Like, you're like, oh, I can wow. This is all self created. I created <laughs> this problem. I can undo this. Oh. I can recreate, you know, but yeah, our body speaks to us. You know, our body dis ease is the flow of, you know, disharmony, which has everything to do with, you know, our thoughts, our emotions, and which, which comes up in our state of, of being. Our legs and our arms are very, very symbolic subconsciously for support in mm. our life and our lack there of support. You know, when our our stomach area, like lower stomach, our sexuality, and so pains and you look at disease, it has a lot to do with how we've we've carried through our programs unconsciously and what we've repressed. Wow. I used to have a client. She was so she was so interesting. Um she had developed colon cancer mm. and in the space of developing the colon cancer she went through series of and i i remembered she had she had come to me years back and she would always talk about her ex-husband what a pain in the ass he's such a pain in the ass pain in the ass fast forward years later there was so much that they didn't have the ability to like really speak on but the colon is literally where <laughs> Hello. Right. You know, and so there's so many of those, like those, those types of scenarios where people who haven't speak and like spoke up or who haven't shared their truth develop throat cancer, you know, where we look at a lot of our diseases and, you know, that, that has so much because the ease of our body, our systemic body to, to heal inflammation, to, to be able to arrive back to its natural flow. It's, it's in that deep delta state when we're sleeping, restorative nature happens. And so it's it's all integrative. Wow. Which is huge. You know, it's like it's it's a lot to go to go through, which is why I love, you know, taking clients on for a year and we do a deep harmony, you know, a, a wheel spectrum of every sector of their lives mm -hmm. so that that way we start peeling back a little bit, a little bit. We start looking at how they're arriving. And when you peel back everything, you then start arriving at purpose and then you recognize that, oh, wait a minute there is something more. I am being led through a higher power and arriving at your own connection with, you know, that, that power within and having that ability to now you have a synchronistic relationship with the universe. And now you have this, like this inner knowingness, and now you're able to listen to those inner promptings and you, you recognize like, ah, I'm a multifaceted being. <laughs> yeah. Multidimensional expressionism is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm peeling back those layers bit by bit. I think, well, the beauty of having someone for a full year is number one, they're committed and can't yeah. like run away from the work. So if you do encounter a block that does make you want to go, oh no, no, wait, I don't want to go there. It's kind of like you're, oh no, I'm committed to this. Like mm -hmm. I, I am going to push forward. But even just being able to see the improvements and in the way you feel and in your surroundings when you peel back those layers bit by bit. Absolutely. For me, it makes me want to keep going forward and it yeah. gives me hope and it shows me proof in the pudding. Yes. So to speak. It's it's you know, it's 
transformation, you even think about like the word, it's to, you know, the the formation of how we arrive and to transform that, we literally have to transmute the formation of everything that we really are, how we exist. And that doesn't happen overnight, you know? And so right. within that, like, that's why I love like, you know, giving, giving clients like, okay, marinate, simmer <laughs> on this, you know, and let let life play out, let, let uh, that playful energy of life come in. And sometimes not usually, you know, what I've noticed and recognized throughout the last 14 years about deep transformations, I'd say, you know, most of my clients, they arrive at a completely different life. And we look back and we're like, wow, wow that's insane. Really? But in that, I wish, I wish it was, I give them a precursor of, you know, telling them that, like, babe, it's not always up. <laughs> Usually you're like, I want a full life, new life transformation. And everything in the universe is like, okay, let's crumble everything that you have. Reorganize everything because it's like, you know, allowing yourself to build, rebuild new foundations, rebuild, rebuild self, a life not by default, but a life by design. Oh, that's so much better. That's what we all want. Absolutely. Yeah. Autonomy. Absolutely. Personal authority. You know, it's what we're all after. And I, I agree with you, Natasha, in that, like, I wasn't expecting you to say that you take on clients for a full year. And I, I really feel like that's so imperative because mm -hmm. it's way too easy to jump in and out of stuff like this because it's so overwhelming. So to know that there's that time frame and also setting the tone in the beginning too. I feel like just knowing if I'm coming to work with you and I know it's a year, I kind of automatically understand that this is a marathon right. and not a sprint. Yeah. The yeah. first, I feel like the first couple years of my practice, um, maybe like the first three years, you know, I would do the the surface things like the smoking cessations and just purely the weight loss and, you know, and purely like, you know, the things that, you know, want to, uh, it was just, it felt very surface. Mm. And, you know, I, I woke up one day and I was just like, God, I'm doing them such a disservice. I, I really feel like, you know, I, they're coming in. It's not a Houdini magic trick. Like yeah. your your happenings, the 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 problems, quote unquote, the problems that they see in their lives are not, you know, are not a are not a one fix. Even mm -hmm. though hypnosis does have that capability, I've had people with fifty five years of like smoking quit and like two three sessions. Wow. You know, like I've had people like you know. Um, yeah, I remember what was his, you know, J his name was a Jay and he was so, he was so awesome. Like years ago he would come and, you know, he worked on set and like within, you know, we, we desensitized, you know, how like they on set, they bring you all the caravan of food totally. and, you know, it's like all access. And we, we associated one of his like most unfavorable foods so that every single time <laughs> he would see, he would see the entire table. It would trigger that memory. All of a sudden his portion sizes went down to the minimum and within like two, three months, he had shed 20 pounds, not even like doing anything other than like, you know, associating things differently unconsciously, you know, but I got to this place where, you know, I realized that a lot of the, a lot of the things that we work on in the surface, 
they have so much more. It's really about everything that's going on around it. You know, mm. addiction patterns is really, it's not about like, oh, the alcohol that you're drinking right. or the sugar addiction. It's like, what is, what are you avoiding in your life or mm -hmm. what's causing that, that stress pile up or those emotions, you know, and teaching people autonomy, the skill sets and the tools. So self-sustainability, you know, can happen throughout the course of your entire life. It's not that we're exempt at any which point from like these challenges, but now we know how to arrive to the process of self-healing and, and doing the work in the moment and which, you know, I use breath work. I take people on a transcendental breath work journey, help them really like, you know, tune into that. I take them through, we do Kundalini moves to like move, you know, their, their energy fields in their body. We do sound bath, we do sound healing to like move the, um, to move the sound frequencies throughout the body. Um, we, I teach them EFT tapping, oh, like the emotional favorite. freedom technique tapping to restructure the belief systems and you utilizing the meridian points in the body, um, journal work so that they can actually do the graphology work and mm -hmm. rescript their entire belief structure and learn to meet themselves at like that place. Like, hey, something's something's off. Like I need to check in with myself and, you know, and teaching them that as well as, you know, I create uh, sound engineer sessions with hypnosis so that they listen to nightly. I add binaural beats with specific mm. frequencies on them so that we okay. shift the hemispheres. And so it's so, it's so much more. And we talk about obviously like holistic eating and foods and the vibrations and, you know, of foods and, and just really arriving at transformation with, you know, I, I love Feng Shui as oh well. And so environment <laughs> has everything to do with everything as well. Your psyche is teaching you so much about you. And, you know, even even the textures and the color patterns that you're attracted to yeah. says so much about you. And, you know, and so it's really an introspective journey of meeting yourself. Who am I really? Who am I really? I want to throw this clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> I just had that conversation with a, my friend that lives in Germany. You know who you are if you're watching. <laughs> and when we first met, that was the main thing we connected on. We we're eating lunch and she goes, do you ever think when people say be yourself, what does that mean? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like who literally am I? What does it even mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an infinite question. And part of it, and I, something I can't help but notice with really all of the the healers that we've had on is that I don't think it's a coincidence that, mm. you know, you start on this, this journey for your own healing, but then it seems like it, it just naturally takes course that you give it back to others. And I don't think that's a coincidence that that is like, maybe I want to say final, but maybe not final extension of healing ourself is maybe then the extension outward because I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts. I can't even begin to tell you how many healers, coaches, therapists I have produced oh. out of the work we do. And then they're like, I want to do this. 
I, I literally want to do this work, Reiki healers, yoga teachers, like all of the thing, doctors, like, you know, that then they meet themselves there and they're like, how can I not pay it forward? Oh, how can I not go into a deeper dive? You know, how can I not give back what I now have, have nobody wants to be awake alone. <laughs> like, it's right. not fun. Anybody? Right? right. And so to know, you know, to oh. know yourself there, it really is so powerful and so yeah i can't i have so many it's almost like i know somewhere along the line that the work we do does that's how you know that you've really like arrived because you've then find the integration into your life purpose and whatever however you arrive and each person brings and creates such a such a beautiful orchestration a creative nature to how they arrive and i, I fully believe in you know, there's there's so much abundance. We can say and do the exact same thing in life, but the arrival, our energy, our chemistry, how we say it, how we project, someone will resonate to you and only you. And someone will resonate to you and only you. And someone will resonate to me and only me. And so it's like that surplus of like, mm -hmm. there's more than enough to help and to give and you know and and I love empowering people to to really be in that in that capacity because then you know that you can say the same thing we can all say the same thing but it will land differently and mm. it will arrive differently and the mm. right ears and the right you know the right people the right eyes will land on what you have to say at the moment you have to say it mm -hmm. and that was it that that was your gift Ooh, that's a message i needed for this show <laughs> The ego loves to just say like, oh, who do you think you are? What, mm -hmm. why, what would you, what do you know? Why are you doing this? And oh. that's, my spirit's been giving me that message yeah. mm -hmm. just to hear it coming yeah. from you is oh. such sweet confirmation. Oh, mm -hmm. so beautiful. Yes. No, thank you. I mean, Natasha, for like listening to your calling, for like arriving to meet yourself there and for facing that false identity <laughs> of ego, right? And fear that really is, is, is just a, a tiny whisper. And, you know, it's like bringing it down, sitting it down, like, mm, I gently observe you. And I know that you want to make me believe that you are not enough. And thank you. Thank you. The truth of it, though, the ultimate truth is not that, you know, and so within that, like, absolutely, you think about the impact, you know, I think that when I and I relate, there's been so many times, you know, throughout the, you know, as a as a spiritual entrepreneur, there's, it's like an accordion, right? So many times I've reinvented what I do the same mm. way I do it, but do it different, and do it different. And, you know, creating the infusion of variety. And there has been many moments throughout the course of like, you know, being an entrepreneur these last 14 years where I've sat and like, am I making an impact? Mm. You know, it, is it really that substantial? It, is it like, and then I think of the one. Yep. The one, the one that then that person changed their life that then affected their relationship with their child, that now that child is going to live a whole different life or that then affected the relationship with their partner. And that then that they maybe they, you know, transformed the way that they are arriving with themselves that mm -hmm. then transforms their relationship with the people around them, that they're no longer feeling the abuse within themselves, no longer abusing those people, mm -hmm. you know, around them. And, you know, that it, it impacts that ripple effect that 
then they go to work and the people that are directly around them are now impacted in such an uplifting way by you having like that impact and direct relationship with the one, it really is so much bigger than the one. But if you think back, guess who's the one? You're the one. Mm -hmm. These conversations, these dialogues, if no one ever heard it, who benefited? Me. Yeah, Yeah. We needed it. So it's like, how could you ever stop? How could you ever stop sharing? That would that would then be like us succumbing to a selfishness. Right. We're hoarding. Right. <laughs> We're hoarding now. Yeah. We're hoarding our love. Yeah. Doesn't For make what? sense. Oh my gosh. And so when we think about like not like what we do or what we have to be, it's more of like, what do I get to radiate and contribute into this moment? <sighs> And that is so much more manageable. It's easy. That's ease and flow. Yeah. And that's where it's like now things naturally are just like arriving. It becomes just like so powerful. And so so it's just synchronistic. Yeah. It's a gift. I cannot thank you enough for coming on here and talking to us and sharing your love and everything that you are so special this was such a divine conversation and there's definitely no coincidence that this is our like last interview for this week wow. for Sophie's trip like it is the perfect wow what little a- semicolon, semicolon. To, the, to the end of this yes. sentence for now this has been <laughs> such a gift to me just to sit and be with you for this time oh Sophie thank you thank you so much Thank you. You know, we're we're just all beautiful mirrors and there's so much that each of you have contributed to my day today. And just like, I love your genuine curiosity and like your enthusiasm. And, you know, I really admire your willingness to be, to be truthful with self, not like years later, but now, because it's in the nowness. And, you know, and I, I, I find just such like, it's, it's that, that nurture to self that, you know, Natasha, that you're, you're providing this open vessel. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I absolutely could, I mean, I, I absolutely could remember the moment when we were at the Kundalini and you were leading us and just having this (laughs) goddess flow energy and your, your dance is medicine. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for also just allowing yourself to lead with your heart because it's, it's moving and it moved me to come and drive here and, you know, and be here with you. And so, you know, I'm, I'm honored for you allowing me to share what I do in life, um, but more so who I am and what I believe. And I believe that each and every single one of us has so much more that we have inside of us. And the more work I do, the more I know it's never ending. And I know that the biggest room in the house is the room for improvement. And I will always be in that room. Where can people find you? Um, You can reach uh, and find me at loveyourselfmadly, www.loveyourselfmadly.love. My Instagram is at altafocus. And... People always ask me, like, why is Alta focus? And it's just like that internal dialogue, Alta, 
over here, over here. <laughs> let's focus, okay. girl. Let's focus. Let's get that in. So and so, um, in my in my link tree there, you can find um, "Love Yourself Madly" podcast. Sometimes so I go good. on rampages. They're and, the best rampages. <laughs> oh, thank you. And you know, and I absolutely, um, I love having consultations. I give free twenty minute phone consultation to anyone who is just like looking to have a word uh, in their life, and just like we tune in to your field and like just you know give and so people can email me at loveyourselfmadly at gmail.com and to pour out and see if we're aligned for for the deep dive work incredible and we'll attach all of your information too on all of our socials and everywhere we post thank so you, love. people can reach you but thank you so much again thank you thank you incredible. thank you thank you infinite <laughs> blessings we will be talking more on the after show so mm -hmm. definitely join us for that and look up alta and yes. take a deep dive because thank it works you. amazing yeah and we'll see you guys next time thank you bye, bye. bye.